From Foreign Policy, I'm Sarah Wildman, and this is The ER. This week, what it's like for Iranians living under U.S. sanctions. In July of 2015, the United States signed the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, JCPOA. It's better known as the Iran nuclear deal. In broad terms, the deal lifted economic sanctions in exchange for Iran suspending its nuclear ambitions. Some called it a major diplomatic achievement. President Trump saw it as a disaster. At the point when the United States had maximum leverage, this disastrous deal gave this regime, and it's a regime of great terror, many billions of dollars, some of it in actual cash. A great embarrassment to me as a citizen and to all citizens of the United States. That's from a speech Trump gave this May in which he formally pulled the United States out of the deal. In the ensuing months, tensions have continued to escalate. In a tweet written in all caps and directed explicitly at Iranian President Hassan Rouhani, Trump wrote, quote, Never ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. But despite the vitriol, Trump has also said he's willing to negotiate directly with Iranian President Hassan Rouhani without preconditions on a new nuclear deal. His bargaining chip? Harsh economic sanctions, which the administration reinstated in August. Using sanctions to coerce Iran into giving up its nuclear ambitions started back in 2006. The United Nations has passed a clear resolution requiring that the regime in Tehran meet its international obligations. Iran must abandon its nuclear weapons ambitions. But while American presidents have all maintained that their anger is with the Iranian leaders and not the people, the fact is the pain of sanctions falls most heavily on ordinary Iranians. Jason Rezaian is an American journalist with The Washington Post. He covered Iran for years and lived there during the sanctions era. He spent more than 18 months in an Iranian prison on false charges of espionage. He was released in 2016. Jason's here with me now. Welcome. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Sure. So we're here to talk about Iran. Oof. <laughs> and unsurprising. Yeah. Uh, and sanctions. But because the U.S. has just imposed sanctions yet again, and you've written about sanctions numerous times, both the original sanctions and the current ones. Yeah, I thought I was done with that. But, you know, here we are again. <laughs> but before we do that, I wanted to actually go back to your first moments in Iran as an adult, yeah. um, 2007. How did you end up going? So I, I've been traveling back and forth. Um, my, my dad was from Iran. My mom's American. I started going there in 2001. And I knew that journalism was what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, whether it was going to be in Iran or, or somewhere else. I'm fortunate to travel a lot as a young man. And when I finally was able to go to Iran, I felt like a kid in a candy store. So many stories, wow. you know. And um, I made that move in, in 2009, actually. I'd been okay. traveling back and forth. And I just kind of decided that this was my you know passion and what I wanted to be working on. And I'd been flirting with the idea and going back and forth pretty regularly for seven or eight years. And and moved there. Did you have families still there? Or? Yeah, yeah, I mean, my dad had has three sisters that still live in Iran. Um, 
but um, I'm not particularly close with them. They don't live in Tehran. They mm. live um, in another part of the country. And um, no, I mean, I, I, I kind of built my own life there. Did you speak Farsi when you got there? When I moved there in 2009, I, I picked up quite a bit, but I didn't grow up speaking Farsi, mm-hmm. you know, with a, a mom from Illinois and a dad from um, from Iran. But, you know, ha- having lived in the U.S. since he was 20 and really wanting to live an integrated life. I mean, my, my real name is Jason. Most Iranians have some more uh, traditional type name. And people are like, you know, what's your Iranian name? Well, my name my name's Jason. So you get there, it's 2009, when, yeah. you're, when you're settling in. Yeah. Did you feel accepted as a journalist? Did people see you as foreign, as somewhat of a native son? How- I think people always uh, in a country as traditional and sort of old school as mm-hmm. Iran. I mean, it, it really has this sense of itself going back thousands of years um, that no matter what you do, you're always going to be kind of foreign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time... You know, I think there was an appreciation and there is an appreciation for any foreign person that comes and, and wants to get to know the place. I mean, Iran has been so ostracized and so kind of – I don't want to say forgotten about because it's definitely not forgotten about. But, you know, um, painted in such stark tones, mm-hmm. right, so that when a normal person or normal people uh, recognize that, that an outsider is there really trying to, to either um, – visit the place and enjoy its beauty or get to know its people, um, that's something that's meaningful to them. And I, and I um, at the same time, some people would obviously think to themselves, what the hell is this guy doing here? Like, mm-hmm. you know, why, who would give up their life in, in San Francisco to come to Iran? And uh, I guess this guy. <laughs> but, you know, it's, that's what that's were the- what were the stories you wanted to tell? I mean, were you hoping to tell stories of regular people? Yeah, I mean, look, there there was obviously lots of stories about the government and you know the nuclear program and the missile program and you know their rabid anti-Americanism, which is all very real and true. But you know, it, it's it's a vast country mm-hmm. and one with you know a lot of characters, and I thought that uh, that I could hopefully sketch some of those characters out in stories. It's not like covering a Western capital, mm-hmm. right, uh, where you can reasonably expect to interview statesmen right. fairly regularly. That just doesn't happen, right? And and even if you did, they're going to say the same things that they say, uh, you know, in their, in their press statements or, you know, and I guess that's becoming the case here as well, but... Um, you know, it was it was way more interesting to me to to sit down and and talk with a small business owner or a college student or a drug addict or you know on down the line. Tell me a favorite story about a regular person. I really liked a story I did a few months before I was arrested about a clinic for rehabilitating female drug addicts. Hmm. That was, you know, one of the best things that that I wrote. Uh, I was able to to go and spend a day with these women. And, you know, a lot of them had been sort of kicked out of their families. Many of them had been kicked out of their families, although they'd been brought into drug abuse by a male relative. And and just sort of the feeling of being ostracized and and not having a lot of options was something that really um, touched me and I hope – 
I was able to impart to my readers as well. I wrote other stories that I that I really liked, but it was always coming back to a central character or characters illuminating a larger issue mm-hmm. within Iranian society. And oftentimes it came back to sanctions mm-hmm. right? in those those years especially because you know this is a country that was really heavily isolated economically but also you know in in other ways that that you don't think of you know the passport and we're seeing this even more now with the travel ban the Iranian passport's almost worthless mm-hmm. right so you have this country that supposedly we're saying we support you and your rights to you know free expression and self-determination and, and freedom. Uh, at the same time, you can't come here, right? Uh, and so what do people do? How do they, they manifest their frustrations in a place where they're not able to do that? How do they let off steam in a society where they're not encouraged to do that? How do they you know, find exits, even mm-hmm. temporary ones, to the circumstances of their everyday lives? And that, to me, was what kept me sort of fascinated and engaged. You were there for the 2009 I was. Yeah. Green Movement. Yeah. Were you there at, at the outset? Yeah. Yeah. And then like many other foreign journalists, I was told I had to leave. Um, and then I made the decision to go back mm-hmm. a, a, in September of 2009. I mean, I, I was there for the first week or so mm-hmm. and left and came back. And you make calculations, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not particularly good at math. So, you know, I just – I went and it was um, – I'm glad that I did. It was it was tough going for a long time. I didn't have permission to work as a journalist for – What did that months. mean to not have permission? So when you, ha- when you don't have permission, mm-hmm. when, if you've had permission and then mm-hmm. you don't have permission, there's all this new scrutiny on you, mm-hmm. right? Who is this guy? Is there someone what? following you? Is there... there can be, you know, the people listening to your phones, and you know, you get phone calls from from Ministry of Islamic Guidance and Culture. That's the name of the press yeah. ministry, saying, you know, you better not be working. And, I mean, and I, I I was I was working in the sense that I was observing, mm-hmm. but I wasn't publishing anything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I did that for a while, and then finally they let me work again. You were there in 2012 when the Obama administration imposes the sanctions. Yeah. Walk me through it. What, what was it like? What, what, what did you immediately feel? And, and, and how did the squeeze manifest in the street? Yeah. So I remember reading that, you know, within uh, some weeks, there was going to be, um, you know, uh, a ban on Iranian transactions via the SWIFT banking system. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we all know what a SWIFT number is if you've 